This holiday season, give the kids in your life the gift of learning. The gift of learning, I know. But hear me out. With Osmo, kids won't even know they're learning. They'll be too busy having fun. Osmo's Math Wizard is a fast-paced adventure series, but it also helps kids build math confidence and understanding through imagination, reason, and exploration. They're learning through hands-on play. Shop Osmo's Math Wizard at Target, Amazon, and PlayOsmo.com. That's PlayOsmo.com. Osmo. Real play, real learning. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. This is episode 62. I am Steve, and I'm joined by my tag team partner in broadcasting, in podcasting, and that is Jeff. Jeff, how's it going today, buddy? Well, you heard that dulcet tone of me reducing my speaker volume. Uh, Everything is fine. Um, We're recording on a Saturday, the the 11th, so we have one extra day of coverage for you. some disclosure to the audience when i get to the youtube numbers on viewership that's dating back to thursday so two days behind that but aside from that everything else is current so we've actually watched two smackdowns and two rampages um by the time we are recording this aside from that i'm gearing up to see final battle tonight which may in fact may be the final battle um it's the final countdown to the final battle that's right. Today is the final countdown to the, the final, final battle. Countdown. I have to be honest, I'm hoping to get a final nap in between now and the final countdown <laughs> to the final battle. Um, it's still unclear whether or not I'm meeting up with PJ Black or not. He says that they're, the talent is trying to drag him to an after show party. Um, Tag along. Uh, well, I imagine it's closed, So, we'll, but we'll, we'll see. Everything is in flux. He doesn't seem... Like he wants to go necessarily. Uh, I also know he's got an early flight tomorrow, but we'll see. Anyway, we've been in touch, so uh, I'll keep the, the audience tuned in or updated on that uh, next week. There's no new Lani Pafo news. Uh, you should live. Hmm? Oh, I don't want to step on this. Go ahead. Yeah. There's no new Lani Pafo news, except that he still is in touch and he should be in New Jersey, this very month for Roddy Piper's five-year memorial uh, service for his death. So everybody get a little nervous. Everyone universally get nervous there. On the Ring of Honor thing, tomorrow I'm going to be doing a show with Michael Jargo, the Jargonaut um, of Atmark Media, uh, also of the Hameen Media Group, and uh, does some shows on the PWC. He's everywhere, Jargo. Um and he actually works for a couple of Sinclair stations in real life. Um, anyway, we're going to do a show probably tomorrow, 10 o'clock Eastern. It might be live, so and, and there may be videos. So if you're interested in hearing it live and possibly seeing my lovely face, um, hopefully without, you know, some of the wrestlers I've, you know, basically downgraded for the last couple of years, you know, giving me black eyes. I mean, you know, Mike Bennett probably owes me a punch or two, and Matt Taven certainly does. Jonathan Gresham should tie me up like a pretzel and, and Brian Johnson for sure. Um, but uh, we'll, none of we'll, them will know who you are. None of them. No, they, they absolutely will not. That definitely not. Somehow the Maria Canellis will, will smack me across the face. Um, 
but I'd be happy about that. I mean, if I was the recipient of that, well, I mean, listen, she can do it. If she says, I'm going to kick you in the vagina first, um, (laughs) that that would be amazing. So yeah, so that, that, that's my schedule. I mean, it's, you know, it's melancholy of course, but you know, we don't know what the future will hold for ring of honor, but we sort of know what the future will hold. So yeah. Very good, man. I you've got a you've got a stacked card. I myself am going to a wrestling show tonight. That's House of Glory in New York uh, City. So um, uh, Malachi Black's supposed to be there. Uh, I think Buddy Matthews is supposed to be there. He's fighting and, uh, what Crimson or Amazing Red? One one of those. Amazing. I think one of one of them is fighting Amazing Red. I don't know which one it is, but it's it's Malachi <laughs> Black. I, yeah. I know this because uh, I think uh, the Sala Monster and JD from New York will be calling the action. Oh, uh, how riveting. I can't wait to just sit right next to them and listen to JD uh, put it over and then completely shit on WWE. That's what he does. Maybe maybe you can make enough of a nuisance of yourself that he'll slander slander you in the show on on his shows. Oh, I should should be so honored. The the, the problem is when he slanders me or us, uh, that uh, doesn't give him any views. But well. But it might well, it might give us. I mean, but listen, he's <laughs> angry. Angry people can't always control what they do. And and listen, he knows what gives him views to say terrific things about AEW and to say terrible things about WWE, even when they both don't deserve either of those things. That, that's You're just absolutely right. And there is uh, plenty of talk about it as far as AEW because the AEW fan base is revved up about Hook. I can't wait to get your thoughts on Hook. And later on in this episode, we're going to talk about Zia Lee's debut. Obviously, we're going to get into a little bit of final battle. I'd like to get your opinions on Bandito, uh, Lethal, all that stuff. Tony Khan saving the day. We're going to start the show by talking about Jeff Hardy being released. Um, CM Punk giving up a a heel promo, what essentially is a heel promo in, in Long Island. Becky versus Liv for the Raw Women's Championship, and Lashley added to day one, amongst a couple other things in wrestling. So this is going to be um, a a short and probably really fast-paced show. So, um, Jeff, let's just jump right into it. Earlier this week, uh, Jeff Hardy was released by WWE because last week, as we covered on our show... Um, or no, we didn't because this happened on a Saturday, so we didn't cover mm-hmm. any of it. Nope. So Saturday, he's in a ring at a house show in one of the southeast states. What is it? One of the Carolinas, I think. And there's a there's a match between um, Roman Reigns, the Usos versus Drew. Oh my God, it's Drew somebody else, and oh no, Drew Xavier Woods and Jeff Hardy. And yeah. the baby faces are supposed to come out on top. Uh, there's there's video of it on Twitter where uh, Roman takes a cheap shot at Jeff. And not too much after that, he does a hot tag to Drew, rolls out of the ring, and then walks out of the arena through the audience. And that's it. And then, you know, you get the reports from Sean Ross Sapp and some others that he left. He's not, quote, he's not a, uh, what was it? He had a rough night, end quote. Rough night, right. Then we get Matt Hardy saying, Jeff is safe and he's okay. He's with his family. And everyone's like saying, see, he's okay. And my reaction was, that's not cryptic at all. 
<laughs> and it's all cryptic from there, right? So mm-hmm. Sunday, they have another house show, but Jeff is not on the show. He's not even at work. They, I, I don't know if it's clear whether he calls out, no call, no shows. Uh, regardless, he's replaced by Ray, Ray Mysterio. Well, they sent him home Saturday. They sent they sent him home, and I, I, I'm with the assumption of don't come back until we call you. Yeah. And so that call, I guess, comes in on Thursday. And we get the news that he's released. Sean Ross Sapp finds out from somebody, I guess, internally in WWE that WWE offered him a rehab treatment. Which they offer to everyone. Which they offer to everyone, even ex-WWE employees. Or they're not employees, they're contractors. Yes, and talent. I, but but I think in this case they insisted. They correct. That was what the 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 report said. Is this was kind of like you gotta go, and he was of the and Jeff's again. Jeff has not spoken to anybody. Well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe they just offered it to him. But in their minds, it was a condition a condition requisite. And when he said no, they said last straw. I mean, who knows. Yeah, I think it was it was kind of implied that through Sean Ross Sapp's reporting that Jeff was offered this this to go to substance abuse uh, treatment, and he said no, and they were like, "Well, then you're released." Can can we before we continue with the with the factual narrative, just just take a few moments to get a couple things out of the way. One, everybody wants Jeff Hardy to be okay and safe and healthy and whatever situation is to get the treatment he needs and to get better. Maybe that leads to being back in the ring. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. So let's just say that right off the bat, we're going to be criticizing him probably or saying things that maybe people, that that people don't like these days. Cause apparently you can, it, it wrestlers have privacy rights that no other public figures or no other athletes have, or that Jimmy Uso didn't have a few months ago, or that Jeff Hardy mm-hmm. didn't have when he got arrested a year before, or that uh, Heath Ledger didn't have, or Robert Downey Jr., or Kurt Cobain, or any time. Imagine you're the starting safety in your team, all of a sudden falls down in the middle of a game, gets up, climbs through the, the stands, <laughs> and, and, and walks out and say. Hey, we just want it to be okay. It's nobody's business what's going on. So we reject that, or at least I do, but Steve's nodding enthusiastically. The, the other thing is there were people who were talking about this line of bullshit, pun intended, and talking about for like 48 to 72 hours that he just had to take a really bad crap. This is stupid. We're not going to talk about it, or at least I'm not going to talk about it past here. Okay. To first of all, to think that the guy who's been doing this for almost three decades doesn't have a method and a methodology to control in his bathroom needs before going to a show <laughs> is absurd. And and the and the thought that he decided that the best way to take care of an emergency bathroom situation was to climb through the crowd to get to a public bathroom in arena was an easier route than going up the ramp to the private bathrooms and the locker rooms what was the worst course of action please stop it it, it, it sounded <laughs> stupid then it sounds even stupider now and people are still talking about it. maybe he just needed to take an enormous dump what is my <laughs> jeff where are you reading this i've not come across any of this 
Well, I've seen the memes with people like holding like almost like one of those like patent pans where professional painters have paint in it <laughs> with like big, you know, a big brown thing on it. I've seen memes all over the place. I've heard, I, I don't want to say any names because I don't want to cause any trouble or anything like that. But I've heard like major, major podcasters talking about that and throwing it out there as if it's, you know, has any sort of legs to it. And, and and not just before <laughs> the release, but still talking about it after. Now they started to get a little bit, you know, some have, you know, been more dismissive of it. But the whole thing was, it it it's it defies any sort of. I I don't even want to talk about it. It's just it's just it, it was dumb then. It's dumber now. I mean, I this is the first I hear it. This is great. I love it. I love potty humor. So he so the the the, the 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 presumption is he rolled out of the ring because he had to go take a take a shit. Right, he couldn't control it. He had to take a really big jump. <laughs> like he, to, he, he did a reverse Moxley or reverse Shield through the crowd because that's the most efficient way. And public public bathrooms in crowded arenas are always the easiest, most sanitary, and best choice for. An efficient dumping. He did a and, reverse Moxley. That that that's always the best place if you have an emergency shit to, shit to take. You you want to be no place other than a crowded sports arena. <laughs> oh my god, this is for I can't believe that we we're here because I I haven't seen any of this. You know, maybe it's because I've been blinded by the hook coverage because everybody and their mother has a hook pun. In the last 48 hours and i'm i'm sick of hook i i have no ill will towards hook and we'll get into him in a little bit but it's just been i've been bombarded in social media by hook puns and i'm done with it um well, well maybe at the end of the show you can give your top five best hook puns. no i have zero uh, all of them i hate all of them so um so yeah jeff is released and I want to say here, I mean, there's a lot of speculation going on. We're going to talk about some of that speculation. <clears throat> um, as far as him, I think my first impression of when this news got dropped was I thought it was very insensitive for Sean Ross Sapp and other internet wrestling um, quote unquote uh, journalists, uh, reporters to share the story of that somebody in WWE said he had a rough night, air quotes. Like, with the guy of Jeff Hardy's history, when you hear he had a rough night, you automatically assume, oh shit, the guy relapsed. Well, he did. He has a history. We don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. And that's the mm. tough... That's the thing. Everybody's assuming that he did. And so for the fact that like... A lot of people are assuming he did. A lot of people are assuming that this is a work so he could be back with his brother in AEW to enjoy those riches. But, but, but I mean, that, that too, we're going to get we're gonna get into that too because I want to know where what do you think about that. But there's a lot of people that, that think... Um, and, and, you know, if you're believing that story, right... And there, all these are stories because we don't know the facts. Only Jeff Hardy and WWE know the facts. Jeff Hardy, for some reason, said, fuck it. I'm going to roll out of this ring and can continue rolling the fuck home. And then the next night, WWE was like, hey, listen, we can't, 
we can't bother with you with this nonsense. Go stay home. He's had a history. This is why almost 20 years ago they couldn't put the they they gave him the belt and or they no they I I can't even remember. They couldn't keep him as the world ha- champion. Right. Triple H said they couldn't they couldn't trust him. Thank you. That's what I was getting at. They couldn't trust him to be the world champion because of his problems. Right. And then it was like 15 years ago that Dixie Carter brought him out there and he did a swanton miss sting and then hit hit himself on the ring steps, you know, obviously drunk or or something. Right. Inebriated or, or under the influence of something. Correct. Correct. I remember that. That's on video, too. So you... You know, when you hear the statement, he had a rough night, it can mean anything. But I think for you to just callously throw it out there, everyone's going to assume the worst. Everyone's going to say he's relapsed, he's on drugs, he's on whatever. We don't know. We don't know. For a rough night for me can be different for Jeff Hardy, right? And so I think that was again, insensitive for someone to just kind of put that out there without knowing the facts of the matter. It's also insensitive to say that uh, Steve Bannon has been indicted by a federal court, but it happened. No, but that's factual. It that You can go to court and look at the papers. I can't go to court and see whether Jeff Hardy in this instance... Looks like he had a rough night to me. Looks pretty objective. And <laughs> I, I don't know why you're all upset about the rough night thing. I mean, it's, it's Because important. I think everybody... Because I think that starts the, the, the dominoes of he relapsed, he's got a problem. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe the conversation is, Jeff, we have to leave you, let you go because guess what? As 20 years ago showed, you can't be relied on. And we're about to... We were, we were, you're on the trajectory of working with Roman Reigns and we need to trust somebody. And if you're not the guy, if you can't handle Roman in a six man tag, fuck out of here. Well, I don't think it had anything to do with Roman. I think he, he just fell off the wagon and, and listen, he's in his mid forties. I'm sure he's in a constant state of pain. You know, we're not trying to diminish addiction. It is a physical thing and a mental thing. It is both. And the more we learn about mental things, it's just a different kind of physical that we don't understand. It's electricity and chemicals, just just like the rest of our body. Um, that said, I, I I mean, listen, if you want to criticize the wrestling media for feeling the need to be live tweeting all the time and putting explanation points at the end of everything, like everything's exciting, like like Sue drove in her minivan. Sue! I mean, and oh, Sue is in chaos. It's Hook. Oh, Roman Reigns is here. Lashley's at... Yes, I get it. So, you know, in in in, in the hype to, for like 17 people to be tweeting basically versions of the same thing because they feel, all feel the need to be live tweeting to their viewers. And in that moment, he, you know, he chose certain words that, that, that you object to. I, I get, I, I think it's more the, the need to do this live tweeting thing, which is bizarre. I don't, I didn't have any problem. I think he had a rough night was about as conservative as you could be. I mean, it was, you know, listen, I, 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 I don't love Ross. App. I don't dislike Ross, Sean Rassel. App. I, I, I think as far as this, I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago, as far as this group is concerned, he gets a lot more right than wrong. We took umbrage at him saying, I'm not a journalist, when if he's not a journalist, I don't know who the hell is. But he he flip-flops on it. And again, I don't want to deviate from your 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 
your uh, point, but he flip-flops a lot. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I'm not a journalist. Here he is. We're reporting this. Motherfucker, what are you doing? <laughs> no, I, I, this is not I, content. I, 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 we both agree that the, the flip-flopping and honest and say you're a journalist. It, and it's okay to say I'm a journalist, but I'm a journalist without the same kind of resources that the traditional, you know, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post journalists have. We get it. I mean, we can understand words, or some of us can. Anyway, <laughs> I, I didn't find Rough Night to be particularly offensive. And I don't think that WWE, who just released 200 people in the last two years and didn't release Jeff Hardy because he was one person that they were going to try to uh, feature for the next probably one to two years, um, I mean, it looked to me like Drew and Jeff were probably going to be a tag team for a bit, and then that would probably dovetail into a Roman program after, uh, uh, you know, this this thing with, with Brock was over or sidelined. Um, See, I so- don't think so. I, I think they were – you you only have so much time between Roman and WrestleMania, and I think they saw the the pop that he got in that battle royal a week ago, a week and a half ago as the supposed, the presumed winner, and then Sami Zayn one-ups him. And I want to say that they were probably like, we need a baby face to send to Roman, to feed to Roman, and Jeff Hardy's that guy. Could he be, can get what, but but they can't trust the guy. Right, I agree with you. But so, what I'm saying is there's not as much time as you think, or there's more time than you think. There's going to be three or four pay-per-views, or whatever we call them now, between now and WrestleMania. You have day one, you have Royal Rumble. There'll be something in February. There'll be something in March. WrestleMania will be April. There's, there's, that's, that's five. So we have three, if not four, Peacock pay-per-view type events between now and then. Plenty of time to do both. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can do both and then also build Roman to WrestleMania. But again, that's not. That's another argument. That well, that's is, the nice thing about Roman. He's already built, and that's the nice thing about Jeff. He's already built. We're not so Jeff gets released. A lot of people were complaining about you're talking about Jeff Hardy, or you did you release me? No, <laughs> Jeff Hardy. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I were talking to you, I'd be calling you Jeff Hardly. So right. Jeff gets released, Jeff and and <laughs> and he the internet's. Oh, WWE should be ashamed of themselves. How dare they? This man has issues, and you're just, in the time of need. He's going to be let go. Jeff, what are your thoughts on that commentary? Try it at your own job and see what happens. Uh, I mean, they offered him the rehab. That If he said yes, he would not have been released. Um, mm-hmm. They've invested a lot in him, and then now it's going to be next man up. I mean, they've shown that they're they're not going to keep any fat on the payroll any longer they're not going to do it so whether you think it's cruel or not i i don't know but if you know think about your sports team if your starting shortstop kept letting you down and we don't know what kind of letdowns there have been in the past last week i joked not on this show but another that when jeff hardy did the Fortnite dance he proved to us that he has absolutely no rhythm and he's been fooling us for 20 years well, maybe he does have rhythm. He just couldn't do it because he was he was inebriated or intoxicated or under the influence of something that he looked so unrhythmic. A lot of his his backstage interviews and promos have been very non-emotional. They've been very robotic. Maybe they weren't supposed to be. 
you know, so, you know, we don't know what's happened in the past and they're not going to talk about it. I mean, the recent past, we do know what's happened in the distant past. You know, I, all, all I'm saying is that I, I don't think that we know all the information. I, I don't have an issue with it. I'm not happy to see it happen. Um, and a side criticism is when you treat your wrestling roster like a TV cast, as opposed to, listen, I understand it doesn't need to be a Division One football team where you have 110 people on the sideline. Um, but if you're not even going to treat it like a baseball team where you have, a, you know, basically a full team on the bench and a full bullpen, you're, you're gonna you're asking for problems, and now you're asking for a problem. You have a guy that you're prepared to build at least one, if not two, major programs around, possibly a WrestleMania headliner, possibly. And now you have to build someone else in. Who, who's that going to be? Ricochet, who you've treated like crap all the time? Mansoor or Ali? I, who, who Who's it going to be? You're going to bring in someone from NXT? I, I, I have no idea. Is, is Braun Breaker the answer to everything? Von Wagner? Um, so anyway, that's a little side note, but no, I, I, I don't, I, I feel like this was probably the last straw and at 44, I mean, Jeff said to himself, uh, listen, I don't listen to the interviews, but I've heard this clip a million times this week on Stone Cold's Broken Skull Sessions that Jeff Hardy said to him, I know that I have no more chances. This is, I have no wiggle room. There's no other, there, there's no room for error for me. He said it himself. There's no room for error for, for me. Errors, no room, you get released, the end. Yep. So he gets released, Jeff. And the other thing the internet wrestling community has decided to jump on is, Tony Khan, you better snatch this guy up. It's money in the bank. Tony Khan's going to save him. Tony Khan's going to reunite the Hardys. What do you have to say on that, Jeff? I mean, I think it's just a flip of the same thing. I mean, you are assuming that Jeff is able to do it. If Tony Khan wants to pay him and see how it goes, and Tony Khan wants to continue spending his money on what might be a great investment, what might not be, I don't really care. I'm all for it. If somebody wants to pay him, that's fine, as long as it's not enabling. Um, if it's enabling, that's a problem. I mean, I think some of the statements that came out of... I, I'm, I feel bad for Matt and for Jeff's wife, because... I don't know what you say in that situation. I, you know, I don't know. You, you can't always control your relative and there's an element of enabling, but you're also, you want to keep them safe and secure. Uh, you know, having an income during this time it is sort of enabling. Um, I don't disagree that having the Hardys would, you know, the Hardy against the young bucks on a big stage would be interesting. I mean, people would pay to see that a couple of times, usual criticism, when you reform the Hardys, how many tag teams are, are being knocked down or have to wait for a while? But it's not going to last forever, we think. Um, but that reaction is that reaction buys into the conspiracy that Jeff is fine and either either one of two things or a combination of both. WWE's evil or Jeff did this on purpose to get himself released, both of which I think is bullshit. Uh, in this case, I, I think that Jeff is really going through well, to, to get your gander up, a rough go. patch, a rough, a, a rough series, a, a rough time. Um, it's so interesting it's, that it, it's interesting, Jeff, that you you mentioned um, the statements of Jeff's wife on Twitter saying, "Don't re don't believe the reports." It wasn't even in this many words. Don't believe reports. Jeff is fine. Jeff is good. We're good. And then you have Matt Hardy saying, "Jeff is good." 
This is Peacock. I love it! It's streaming your favorite shows, movies, live sports, breaking news, exclusive originals. It's The Office. That's what she said. Chrisley knows best. It's gonna be Todd's Way or the Highway. And Peacock original shows like Punky Brewster. Holy mackinoli. So whether you're in the mood for every live WWE pay-per-view or every episode of Law & Order SVU, Peacock's got you covered. Peacock. Watch for free. Upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. At ADP, we understand the importance of building the right team and offer the data insights to help. Just as importantly, our AI technology helps you pay the team accurately. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll. You know that the assumption and the speculation is he's relapsed. I found it very telling that neither one of them said in specific statements, Jeff has not relapsed. Jeff is fine. He has not come out and said, I am not, I have not relapsed. This is what, what, what happened. I needed a mental health day. I rolled out. That's it. So I don't, I, I find that telling that they didn't say that. Some people might say they don't need to tell you, fuck you. That's the point of the tweet. But you know what? Like you said earlier, I, oh, maybe you didn't say this on your on on the show to yet, but in one of your previous tweets or, or statements on on social media, you said they live in the public eye. These are all people that live in the public eye, and so not that they have to, but there is a level of interest from the fan base. You mentioned that when the quarterback rolls out of the when he if the quarterback in the middle of a play walks off the field and up the ramp. There's going to be fans saying, what the fuck just happened? And nobody, nobody's given specifics. Right. If you say Ryan Leaf shit fit in the locker room, people still know what you're talking about. It happened 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> it's a, I, listen, I agree with you hundred percent. Those, those, and when Matt, like I said, when he released his tweet in a statement, I said, that's not cryptic at all because it's not saying anything. It's saying he's safe. He's fine. Okay, that just means they have him at home. I mean, yeah. that, that doesn't mean you're. That doesn't mean he's healthy. If he had pneumonia, or if he had gotten his uh, shingle shot three days earlier, and and it knocked him the hell out, like it knocked me out, you would probably say so. The absence of further information is 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 the big statement here, and they both made statements, and if. And if they don't want people to ask questions, don't make any statement. I mean, I know people are asking you, but, you, you know, they've both also been in or around the public eye for about three decades. They don't, well, I don't know about his wife, but they don't, they, they know that they don't need to make statements. They have access to PR departments. They have access to attorneys. They have access to all sorts of people who, who could make innocuous statements for them and give, give them cover. When they both said the same thing, which which I thought was again cryptic, it's it's telling that they said nothing, um, and it just supports my belief, which also supports my eyes and what I saw, um, not just the physical nature, but also again that walking through the crowd, which which was, and and also seeing WWE's um, response and their statement, you know, saying that we offered rehab. They don't offer a lot of information usually. They've done it twice now. They did they did it with Keith Lee when they talked about his medical bills. 
and they did it and they did it with Jeff Hardy. These are the only two times where they've offered more than the bare minimum of information. And you notice nobody has rebutted it. Keith Lee hasn't said another word. Mia Yim hasn't said another word. Nobody, nobody's, you know, shown them to be wrong. Nobody's produced medical <laughs> bills. Oh, Rick, you know, Rick Flair with his release, he hasn't, he hasn't provided a copy of that deathbed release where he, you know, with a date and stamp and all that. It, you know, it it never happens. And I'm not saying they're a great company. We've been very critical about. Well, I've been more critical than you have about WWE. But um, I don't know. I, I I think you know believe believe what you see. You listen. It's okay to hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Um, <laughs> Holy and, shit, Jeff! And, <laughs> what are we gonna say? That he's dying? <laughs> well, I actually wasn't going there. I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> well, it's the worst, right? I mean, <laughs> no, that it is what you think it is. That it's a relapse, and hopefully, you'll get the treatment. But I mean, you know. If we were making a death pool, I wouldn't necessarily not put him in the in my top ten. <laughs> I mean, Flair is perpetually my number one. I think I think Jeff ends up in AEW. There's too much money on the table with the Hardys Young Bucks match. I I want to say that, and uh, you know, but they don't have money on pay per view gate anymore. I mean, that's 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 not part of the industry any longer. No, but that's what they—that's what keeps the fans salivating. The AEW marks are salivating over the the possibility, right? Oh, Jeff Hardy! Oh, you saw it this weekend. You see it. You've seen it since the moment he got released. Nobody gives a fuck about whether he's relapsed. All they give a fuck about is, oh, we finally get to see him with the Young Bucks. He's gonna get reunited with his brother. But you know what else was big money? CM Punk was big money. Brian Danielson was big money. Adam Page as the champion was big money. Meanwhile, back in the eight hundreds. Not just once, now now twice in a row. I mean, what's big money? You know, is this big money? Maybe I, I don't know. Is this gonna would this spike the ratings back to one point one million permanently? Maybe for one or two weeks, then it would start to go back down again. And the people mm-hmm. who didn't like the rest of the AEW product or were curious about this could find it on YouTube. I mean, that's the problem with 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 the accessibility of information and media these days. If you're not interested in the rest of the product, you don't have to watch the rest of the product. Yeah. Good point. All right, I think that's I think we've covered everything as far as Jeff Hardy is concerned. Yeah, the last we thing that well, I mean, wish we wish him the best. And I hope and I hope you know, if if everybody else is right and I'm wrong, yeah, go to AEW. Cool. I just want to say this as the formal statement of the hammerlock hangover. Yes. Regardless about the speculation related to his sobriety is concerned. The fact of the matter is Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, the head of the table, punched this man so hard on Saturday night that he rolled out of the ring, rolled out of the arena, and then rolled out of WWE completely. Okay, as the senior statesman, the elder statesman of the Hammerlock Hangover, I'm going to report that Steve is having a rough afternoon. (laughs) Thank thank you, Roman. Tribal Chief, number one. Jeff, let's talk about the second, I want to say what is the second biggest news all week, and that is Hook Mania. Everybody is talking about Hook. The, the the hookers are out there. They call themselves the hookers. This started out as a meme. If you don't already know, Hook is the son of Taz, uh, for former ECW champion. 
uh, and ECW legend, WWE broadcaster for a long time, um, and wrestler. Um, this guy has been seen backstage plenty of times with his chips and his uh, wavy hair and uncombed and, and looking like a, you know, a teenage heartthrob. And he gets to wrestle on Rampage. Wait, did you have a poster of him on your wall? I do. I do. Of course I do. I, I knew it. Um, so everybody, this starts out as a meme, right? Because CM Punk was in the, in the ring when he was, uh, working through team Taz, hashtag fire Taz. Um, terrible. That never really came to, that never really came to fruition, right? That never paid off anything. Hashtag fire Taz. No, I'm (laughs) talking about the CM Punk angle. No, no, it fizzled, fizzled away. Just like this silly thing with Dante Martin and, and Leo Rush. I mean, he, he's he swerved him and, and Taz has complained that his lawyers suck. I mean, he hasn't even sued for breach of contract yet. He's, compl- he's already blaming the lawyers. <laughs> what? What, the, what what the hell? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I what an know. idiot. I, what, a, what a failure. What what I mean, hashtag fire Taz. He's a terrible manager. And it yep. took like two years for him to get a stupid kid a match. Well well, you know, I was just about to big up Taz for giving his kid a match and then you just completely stepped on it. So <laughs> But regardless, you know, so in this CM Punk battle, uh, CM Punk just off off the cuff says to Taz, who was sitting at commentary, jawing off at him, send your guys, send everybody, send Hook. Send Hook went viral amongst the AEW stands on Twitter and uh, in social media. Send Hook. Some guys started creating fake accounts for Hook. Uh, send hook is a meme. He's all over the place. Him with the chips, everything this guy does. It's, 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 it's fantastic. Fast forward to this past Friday, the guy's finally in the ring and, and with, with, oh, my favorite Fuego del Sol, you know, so who had a um, rough night, who had a, please. Every night is a rough night. for. I think the show's title is going to be rough night. It should be, it should be hooked on rough nights. Um, so this, I, listen, I get the, that it's a joke. I get that it's a meme. I get it. I get it. It's funny. It was funny at first, but I mm-hmm. feel like halfway through Friday, this shit got played out very quickly. You and think? even the next day on Saturday, everybody's still like now, now after the match, which the match was fine. It is what it is. It was a squash match. It was Fuego del Sol having a put over hook. He did it. Hook didn't look like a buffoon out there. He looked good. That's it. I'm not going to say he looked fantastic. This is the next coming of Luthez. This well, for a 155-pound guy, you know, who who was dancing with someone who was who's 130 pounds, who's supposed to lose, sure. Exactly. It's good. It's good. It is what it is. So he didn't look like a complete idiot. And now I've got people, again, I don't know if this is tongue-in-cheek. The whole fucking thing has been tongue-in-cheek up until now. But now it's... This guy's one of the four pillars. He's the future of AEW. Because he beat Fuego del Sol? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you I'm kidding me? I'm not sure that the four pillars are the four pillars. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Jungle Boy, I mean, hasn't he taken a backseat to Christian Cage? Is Sammy Guevara still part of the four pillars? I I, I, I mean, MJF for sure. Darby, I think. Uh, but I, I agree that Britt Baker... Um, is one of the four pillars. 
Okay, hooks in the four. The, the, they're gonna need. They're gonna need the bigger roof for all of these pillars. I, I mean, <laughs> but, but if, if he's the future of AEW, I mean, then then it's in trouble. And that's not a slight on him. But I mean, you don't build a professional wrestling company on small technical wrestlers. Um, you know, I mean, literally once in my lifetime, there's been one that exploded. And that's that's Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. I can't even call him a technical wrestler. I I, I want to say like he showed mixed martial arts. Yeah, he did moves. He did moves. He did moves. And and, and he did maybe a, a suplex in homage to his father, a couple of them. And that, that's it. Like you can't really call him a technical wrestler yet. I didn't see him well, like working like Bret Hart or Chris Benoit out there. Well, he so, did. He did. It was like a technical exhibition if he was wrestling a, a dummy. You know, like like uh, like a, I don't mean like a stupid person. Like like what are the what are the things you practice CPR on? Like a, like a crash test dummy. Like a crash test dummy, exactly. Exactly. There you go. So, to me, more impressive was the debut of Zia Lee on SmackDown. Zia Lee is someone that I didn't give a fuck about on NXT. Well, I don't give wrong. a shit. She was great on NXT. Listen, that's fantastic. I, I, I couldn't get behind her character. I couldn't get behind her gimmick. It was all, oh, I'm, I'm a tough fighter. Who gives a fuck? That's like everybody's fucking gimmick. Everybody's a tough wrestler, a tough, except for probably Mick Foley. I mean, he's, you know, tough as nails body-wise, but, you know, he proved that because he took a lot of nails. But Zia Lee here, this entrance, this the 3D graphics finally come out. She felt like a big deal to me, and I was immediately just on the, Entrance alone, I was Mortal Kombat, and I was looking at this and I said, "Oh my god!" Like, as I was watching it with my kids, and they were like, "Who is this? This this is exactly what they see when they watch Marvel." So, I look back on social media, and people are like, eh, "The entrance was okay." Some of the the haters, it was okay. It's not. It's not. It. Motherfucker, this is not for you. This is for the kids. This is for kids, maybe even, you know, an Anyways. Asian an Asian contingency that doesn't see themselves anywhere in the in the wrestling product or in the WWE product. Well, which am I? Am I the kid or am I the Asian contingency? I don't know. That depends who you're dating during the week. I have one and only one person that I date constantly. Hey, well, Lenny Poffo might change that for you. Damn it. Powerful. <laughs> so, uh, what did you think about Zia Lee's debut? Um, you know, listen, I think it looked pretty cool once, um, but it was very Mortal Kombat. You're right, it's for the kids, so uh, I, I don't really dig it. I really liked her more as a heel where she was killing people, um, but they wanted to be the protector and they wanted to be a face. Fine. She learned how to do that kick uh, in a safe way where it's not going to give any more concussions uh, like it did to Mercedes Martinez. So good. Um, it looked less impactful. She's a t- she's really a tiny woman. Um, but that but you know it, it was it was cool. I and listen, they had to go somewhere with this Sonya Naomi thing. It was going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they pulled this out and said, huh. Maybe we can stick this in here. So, okay. So now we're going to have some tag matches. Maybe Naomi and Zia Lee become a tag team. Maybe they beat uh, Carmella and Zelina. And then we get used to seeing a belt around 
her waist. Naomi's had belts around her waist, but people are saying she's wasted. She wasted. So let them, you know, maybe make the women's tag team titles feel important or less unimportant. Um, and then see where it goes from there. But as far as debuts are concerned, I think it was pretty good. I mean, her her karate or kung fu moves, I, you know, I don't know which discipline or disciplines she practices, but they look crisp. They look they look good. Um, and I she looks like, like a her. legit badass. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's very small, but she's also very built. I mean, not quite as built as Ivy Nile, not as you know the muscles aren't as, but 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 similar. Um, and I think that's good. I think it's cool. You know, it, it, it looks good. And it was in stark contrast to Tony Storm, who looked like shit out there. You know, agreed. Agreed with all of that. I think if, to your point, if anything comes up or out of this abysmal or very tedious Sonia Deville and Naomi feud, if you they can walk away saying, we helped debut and build Zia Lee. Like Zia Lee feels like a big deal because of the entrance, because of who she's sharing that ring with right now. And not only that, like if you look on social media, even Sasha Banks is retweeting her entrance and, and saying, wow, like everybody's putting this woman over in a way that I didn't really see a couple weeks ago when, and I hate to bring the, these guys up because I thought they were very talented in NXT out of the in the ring swerve mostly um hit row you didn't see hit row get this this fanfare of of adulation from the rest of the locker room at least no, not like not like zaya did well it was rushed i mean it was completely rushed and it's a little bit unfair to them and i mean you had all of the music snobs. All they want to do was was pick on how their music wasn't very good when they're wrestlers. They're not musicians. But anyway, I, I don't want to revisit Hit Row. We've we've been on the record with that. But you know, Zaylee wasn't rushed. I mean, she she was in NXT for a good amount of time. We've been waiting for her debut for about two and a half three months now. Uh, they did the comic book stuff, which was creative. I didn't much like it, but it was good to look at. Um, and listen, we talked about this last week. China. China is the biggest market in the world, not mainly the United States, and maybe will be the biggest market in the world, period, uh, very soon. And it's the there's no WWE network in China. They don't tour in China. They have some TV exposure in China, not much. Um, and everyone except the Women's Tennis Association is terrified of China from WWE to Disney, to the NBA, to you name it. Everybody kowtows to, to China, um, except for the Women's Tennis Association. Hey, so props to them. Wow. Um, anyhow, good. I mean, like, like we talked about that, and it, and it was half-joking, but I'm serious. The, the, no matter how many people they release, Xia and Boa will never be two of them while China is still a potential market. Right. And this leads me to my next... Um topic that I want to discuss with you. And that was earlier this week and WWE announced uh, this NIL program, the next in line program. They signed about 20 collegiate athletes. Okay. It's a name image likeness <laughs> program, but next in line is clever. That's what, that's what they they're touting it as, but oh, uh, you're, you're, you're the legal expert here. So that's what they're calling is the next in line. They signed a bunch of collegiate athletes to, these 
would, would essentially be a minor league contract to do something and be trained and, and uh, for WWE. It's less than a minor league contract, but but it's allowing them to train. It's allowing them to be in the professional center. It's allowing them to be paid for certain things, to be included on promotional items, action figures, video games, things mm-hmm. like that, which is where the name image likeness comes from. I mean, everyone remembers the the O'Bannon case, UCLA and 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 the NCAA lost the, the, the case. I don't know if that one, but they lost eventually. And and so now college students, athletes can be paid something for their efforts, not you know, it wasn't the huge win they wanted, but, you know, WWE, again, in the front of something, you know, getting on front of something. And this is consistent with their strategy of, of wanting non-wrestler athletes. They're going to train them their way, uh, you know, in, in its own way, whether this is, you know, just because they're younger or it, it's a strategy to get a younger audience. You're getting, you're going to get the, you know, probably the most famous person or people on college campuses, big college campuses, you know, part of WWE. So their classmates for, you know, years to come will be following their careers. So it's a good way of getting fans. And by the way, I remember Damon Stoudemire was the name of the athlete that my cousin knew. And, and, and uh, I actually had a copy of his NBA rookie contract and I, I didn't care about Damon Stoudemire, but, but uh, you know, but damn, you know, every, everyone in the family followed the, uh, the Phoenix Suns just for him because my cousin and him were friends. Uh, so, you know, this kind of thing, at least anecdotally works. So, but they have, the big thing is they have a, a pair of twins who's everyone's like, Hey, it's the next Bella twins and they're blonde. So it can be my dream of blonde ambition, maybe in five years from now, but blonde ambition still, still a thing. Still, it it's still your, your dream can still come true. Yes. You know, I think this is a really interesting program. Like and of I Honor think- is on hiatus. <laughs> only, but only for four months, supposedly. I think this is a great program. I think some of the greatest wrestlers. I was trying to think back, like who are some wrestlers that were former college athletes or even pro athletes that have succeeded. Some of them that quickly come to mind: Kurt Angle, Sorry. Mark Henry, um, Shelton Brock, Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin, Brock Lesnar. Charlie, these Haas. are guys. Charlie Hosmer. Yep. There's all these guys that have, you know, WWE gets a knock because whenever they take somebody and make them a superstar, that is not an indie talent. Alexa Bliss is another name. Uh, Mandy Rose is another name. These guys. Bianca Belair. Thank you. Bianca Belair is is, is a good, good uh, pull right there, too. So. Ken Patera going back. Ted Arcidi. He, he was not successful, though. Yeah, but you know what? There's something to be said about like the hustle that athletes have compared to those in the indies. And I'm not knocking the indies. I'm not knocking indie athletes. Those are guys, but it's a different drive. It's a different drive and it's a different level of teamwork that when you work in the professional, like as a professional athlete, as a team, whether that be in track and field, football, baseball, it is a, a, uh, um, a wrestling team it's it's a different type of leadership that you learn it's a different type of partnership right working Mm -hmm. with others and resiliency and that's the pedigree that wwe is looking for and i think this goes back to why guys from the indies are not working out because they're already feeling like there's something owed to them because of what they 
the 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 adulation they received while in the indies it's also why wrestling fans don't work out i mean wrestling fans turn on wrestling can can i mean going back to the releases and people being released and and the outrage and and, and over that every year there's training camp in the nfl and they bring in a hundred and something people and by the end of the when the season starts we know that there's going to be a 55 person roster and there's going to be a eight person scouting squad i'm not i'm not sure what the exact numbers are because they change it every few years with the contract but you know that over 50 or 60 people are being cut and it's going to be more than that because some people are going to be cut and they're going to bring new people in and they're going to sign free agents and then they're going to cut and they're going to bring people on the red shirt squad or the practice squad or the scouting team yep. or whatever it is. And you know it and people report on They report on so-and-so, the fifth round draft from North Dakota State was and no one's like, oh my God, no one ever gave him a chance. The Baltimore Ravens are so evil. They're, 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 they're the worst. It's part of it. And and the only place it's not part of it is wrestling. Yeah. I mean, wrestling is the only place that, 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 that thinks like that. I mean, can, can you imagine, like, in, in movies, if they killed off Magneto in the X-Men franchise, they'd be like, I can't believe they, they're not giving Michael Fassbender more work. That is an outrage. They are disrespecting. He deserves it. Michael Fassbender should be back. I mean, they killed off the character. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I listen. We know that wrestling fans are special. Um, this, I, as far as this program is concerned, I think it's 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 more of what WWE does. This is what they do. You know, if you can sit back and think about who are the guys that they've made superstars in the last 10, 15, 20, 25 years, like it's people like Roman Reigns, right? Cor Baron Corbin. Again, yes, these guys don't call don't, Baron Corbin a superstar, but I, I know guys, what you're saying. These guys don't work the indies, right? They were they became stars. Charlotte Flair, sure, her father was a wrestler. She's got this pedigree. Did she work a day in the indies? Absolutely not. It's not just WWE. Moose Goldberg. I mean, there's other people too in other companies that are the same thing. What what's AEW trying to do with Anthony? What's his name? Gogo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Anthony Gogo. Yeah, I mean, it's before a, he got injured, he's an Olympic boxer. Exactly. And so, like, I think there's something to be said that of the work ethic of athletes, professional collegiate athletes, that is different than those of the indies. Sure. Layla Hurst is there's definitely a difference between a, a, a professional, someone wants to be a professional athlete than someone who wants to be a professional performer. And listen, the, the drive of both of them is probably so far high and above the drive of a regular person, you or I. I'm not trying to put them down, but right. I compare the wrestling industry a lot to the music industry. There's a lot of people playing music. There's a lot of people who are pretty good at playing music. There's a lot of people that might be very talented that will never get discovered or their kind of music isn't uh, marketable enough or just doesn't hit the right audience. They're, they're, they just happen to have the the blessing of being born in northeast you know montana and they they instead of being born near la or whatever it is um and a lot of people in that industry never make it that far a lot of people in that industry only make it so far a lot of people in that industry get tied up in in drugs and alcohol or, or other kinds of situation partly because of money a lot of travel wear and tear hard life and a few people make it big and not all of them are necessarily deserving and not all of them are great I, you know, I, wrestling is a lot like that, but the the drive, not just the talent between 
probably someone like a Bruce Springsteen and you know the the, the local cover band that plays Bruce Springsteen is probably the difference between say a Roman Reigns and say who you know who's a respectable like a warhorse someone who's respect you know a respectable indie wrestler that that is becoming sort of a wrestling fan household name but no major company seems to pick him up for a long period of time and the difference and the difference between that that I've been working as a visiting angels caregiver for years and have been part of many loving families. Every one of those relationships is near and dear to my heart. Being a visiting angels caregiver has changed my life for the better. Be a part of our team of essential caregivers and feel great about what you do every day. America's families need you now more than ever. So come and join us on our mission. Go to visitingangels.com slash career. You'll be so glad you did you know semi-national cover band and the 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 band that just does the bars around town is like your local indie wrestler um you know and, and that's sort of like my little metaphor and their drive is probably a little bit different maybe because they have to do other things or they have to direct some of their drive and energy to feeding their themselves and their families by working at amazon 40 hours a week or, or whatever it is but you know, so we're not trying to criticize anyone it just is what it is professional athletes Legit Layla Hirsch probably has more of a work ethic and and a drive towards success, more of a focus, more of an intensity than than maybe, you know, the bunny does. You're absolutely right. You're right. Um, so, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think just a lot of people jump on this on on wrestling social media and just shit on it. And, you know, hey, we'll see where where it you know, leads in the next, I don't know, five, 10, 15 years. Maybe, you know, we find the next superstar that is going to carry the industry out of this yeah. group of people. Maybe nothing not. Matches, nothing you know, just because they said we're not interested in indie wrestlers anymore doesn't mean that they mean that. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be exceptions. I I mean, if you believe one thing, believe that, that Vince is petty. And if all of a sudden some, one of the pillars or someone big from AEW wants to come to the wwe you know or an alexander hammerstone's contract comes up something like that he's gonna say nope indie wrestler not doing it he's not an idiot you know if, if the right people come i mean I, I made a tweet earlier today which was only half joking because when i saw ortiz on dynamite i mean he's still short but he, he's looking jacked and i'm like oh, yeah looks like ortiz is getting into his wwe body uh and you know they're they're in that original batch where they have three-year contracts are coming up um I know WWE doesn't give a shit about tag teams, but maybe that'll change. Um, so maybe uh, I mean I I think that fits the mold of what WWE is trying to turn into, you know, uh, into this international um, company like 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 you see Disney with the Marvel stuff. Like it's like they're trying to expand to different markets, and I think that's exactly what WWE is trying to do with Zia Lee and other. You know, you see. Uh, what's this guy? Uh, Veer that keeps getting uh, promoted. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. This guy's walking from fucking India, uh, apparently, because he hasn't shown I, up yet. I think maybe he started in the wrong direction. He had to turn around. <laughs> Probably. But that's why you see him. That's why you see Mansoor. The Landbridge of Beringia is not here anymore? Nobody told me. Yeah, this is like, it's it's like um, the, oh, everybody wants to, they love the Indies so much. Let's go back to the territories. 
This is exactly territory type booking, but on an international level. Hey, we're going to Saudi Arabia in the next month. Let's push the guy that's from Saudi Arabia. Everybody loves the territories. Tell me, who's the champion of championship wrestling in Memphis right now? <laughs> I don't know. Me either. <laughs> who's um, the champion of Northeast big wrestling? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Let's get to some viewer, um, viewer, listener uh, feedback here. We have a question that came in from Rick, Rick P on our Facebook uh, page. Shout out to Rick. He's been very active lately. That's right. He has. Thanks for listening, Rick. Rick has a question. He says, I have a question. Let's say if Conrad Thompson and Jeff Jarrett were to start a promotion, would any of the released WWE stars, male or female, be worth picking up? Jeff, what are your thoughts? I mean, and it doesn't have to be Conrad Thompson and Jeff Jarrett. If anybody's going to start a promotion and you have financing, of course you want to start with TV-ready, trained wrestlers that have some name recognition, at least in, in the wrestling community. I would also think that some of the Ring of Honor people would be uh, uh, folks that you would look at. But, of course, what, if you could if you could somehow get Braun Strowman say what you will about his skill level or as a wrestler or whatever, but if you could start a promotion and he's your inaugural champion, immediately everyone's going to know you exist, at least in the mm-hmm. wrestling world and maybe a few people outside of the wrestling world. Or if you got Karrion Cross and then brought him and whatever, who, pick whoever it is that you like that the guy released. Matt Cardona, he's, now he's an indie darling. So if Matt Cardona, you could sign him to a contract and you built, the, you built you know, him as one of your four pillars, sure, of course you, do, you, would, you would do that. Um, you would want to be careful. You'd have to have either a, a very structured type of show like NWA was two years ago, um, or you'd have to, you know, try not to repeat the, the TNA WCW sort of what AW sliding towards of, of being too reliant on that. But of course you want your, your player coaches, the people who can, uh, you know, run a match, you know, cut promos, look at the right camera so yeah i i mean i would to not look at them would be stupid whether you hire them or not that's that's different yeah if you were to start a promotion which three of let's say pick you got to pick top three who would you pick i mean it's hard to say because there's so many that i'm i'm that my memory isn't good enough i think i would definitely pick uh matt silva buddy matthews that same guy um as as one of one of my guys just because he's 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 got that blended style um mm-hmm. but he's got a good look i mean if bronze if i mean carrying cross and if keith lee's healthy keith lee if he's not braun Strowman, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna start with with big muscle guys i mean that that and if cross comes with scarlet then bonus two for one yeah i think there's that's that's a good start i mean i think ricochet would be good well, he's still under contract with WWE. He's not. Really oh no, there. he's probably gonna, he's probably going to get released by the time we put this out. He'll... No, he. I mean, he's probably going to be the one that takes Jeff Hardy's spot. Um, I mean, I would look to Shane Taylor Promotions. Um, I would definitely look at Josh Woods, who maybe not everyone's familiar with, but he's the current uh, he's the current TV champion, not the pure champion. He's got one of those championships with Ring of Honor, but he's also someone who has an amateur background and he's young. Um, what about any of the women that have been released? The first one that comes to mind is Ember Moon. I think she'd be great. Uh, I'm not a really pickup. a big Ember Moon fan. I never really was. 
Uh, I might look at some of the, I mean, like there were like four or five that Ring of Honor pick up, uh, you know, recently that were, they were, they were interesting. Uh, if you name other women that were released by WWE, I'm sure that there are some that that I'd be interested in looking at uh, for my wrestling promotion, not looking at the. <laughs> yeah, be be careful there, Corey Graves. Yeah, exactly. Corey, Corey Graves got in some hot water earlier this week uh, with some tweets because I guess there's a new NXT announcer, and uh, she was kind of scolding. Oh, is that who old... she is? Yeah, she's either a backstage announcer or something. She works for NXT, and she... I, I, I knew that she did. I, I think that she did, and she doesn't anymore. I know that she does a serial YouTube show, which is hey, fine. That's cool. And apparently she does some from commentary or, or stuff for indie promotions. Um, I stand with Corey on this one. That This was an overreach. She got her 15 minutes. I, I don't feel like giving oh, yeah. her any more time. I, I don't... Here... You know, it's funny because I, I often joke, I have the same jokes, right? Like I will occasionally make a joke about, you know, watching something with my pants down or ogling yeah. Mandy or something like that. So it's going to sound weird coming from me because I don't think, I don't think I'm going to stop uh, making those jokes. I just know that they're, they're dumb and they're easy. That's the thing. And so I, I see what she's saying and I kind of agree with her to a point, Um. It, it is. It's old school. Like, it's the same thing as, like, what's the... It's the same thing as Cornette making comments about, um... What was it? What was it? Uh, Asian food when he saw somebody from Asia in the ring? What was it? I forget who was in the ring where he was making those jokes. I but don't know. I, I, quoting Cornette is always hazardous for yes. everyone except Cornette. But, you know, when you look back at, like, the Bobby the Brain Heenan stuff, too, like, I mean, I think he I think he would say some flagrant stuff about Tito Santana every once in a while, too. And that sort of stuff now is out of touch. And I want to say I wouldn't be surprised if in 15 to 20 years you look back at Corey Graves' comments about Carmella and Grant. I know, Carmella, they're together in real life. Mandy, they're not. Um, and I don't really know if he does it to anybody else. Um, I find it hard to believe that that men and women appreciating each other on a physical level will ever be out. Listen, when the when the the new Avengers comes out and the new Black Widow is ugly and the new Captain Marvel, however feminist Brie Larson probably is, when when she's overweight and not particularly not particularly attractive, then call me and tell me that the world has changed. But you know, this is still entertainment and entertainment does rely on some level of attractiveness or playing a character. And that's, you also have a Dewdrop and a Shayna Baszler who play more the monster characters, the bullies, the, um, or, you know, when Dewdrop was a face, the, you know, uh, she's overcoming the odds because of that. But most of the women, women there are pretty spectacular looking like most women on most TV shows. I mean, you go into a real hospital and tell me that the doctors and nurses look like the cast of Grey's Anatomy or Chicago. I, I, I see that. But I think what she was saying is in particular to the announcing crew of like this, like ogling of women, you know, Jerry Lawler is notorious for it, right? He They've got resigned to a new contract. And yeah, but he's not resigned to say puppies on the, on the screen. You don't um, know that. 
He's not on. He's not on every week. I, I do know that. I want to say just resigned him and listen. He he signed an autograph for a, a woman who somebody else thought the autograph was for, you know, for oh, her, for him, and and then and they're like, no, no, I, I I I was talking to him. Who was it? For late, it was Lady Neville. It was uh, Nikki Ash. Oh yeah, she's she's such, such a loser. <laughs> um, let's get into some AEW stuff. Um. AEW Dynamite emanated from the UBS uh, arena in Long Island. New arena. Who gives a fuck? Uh, it's in Long Island. Um, CM Punk and MJF are in a feud. And I guess the Long Island crowd didn't take too kind to CM Punk. A, coming out to MJF's music. And also MJ CM Punk kind of given a heel. Not kind of. He was kinda. pretty much the heel in this venue, do you think this is the a sign of what the the feud is going to look like, or is it just a one off because they're in Long Island and MJF is from Long Island? I have no idea. It's so weird because, like, where somebody is from doesn't dictate whether they're a, a heel or a face, unless you're Bret Hart in in Calgary. Um, and even then, you you get the you know you you get the cheer and then the boos come. It, it, it's weird and they teased it later with the mjf doing like a, a like almost like a a save and then like some non-verbal communication with ricky starks as if they've ever been on the same page with each other this whole this whole thing was weird and and it's not just aw that's been doing this i, I mean nxt looks like it's doing it as well like like heel and face lines are being blurred but mjf is such a good heel and CM Punk is there to be a face. Yes, he can be a heel too. But yeah, listen, this is these two segments. The the first twenty minutes of of AEW was the best part of Dynamite. The rest of the show was a disaster, including including that battle royal, which was awkward. I didn't even know half the people who were in it. Um, oh my god! And you're a big fan of battle royals. I love battle royals, and so even if I even if this battle royal was a disaster, don't don't get me wrong, I still enjoy a battle royal. But I mean, it sort of started abruptly like the one on SmackDown a couple weeks earlier, but in fairness to WWE, you know everyone on that roster because they got 25 men on the entire roster. Um, AW, when you put people like Frankie Kazarian and Lee Moriarty in there and Matt Seidel, you have to tell us who, who's in that. But, I mean, it was interesting. It was an, It was an interesting choice, and I thought that the exchange was good, but I don't understand Punk being super healy and really leaning into the super healy it, it it it's just sort of it aw is like participatory theater with the audience and that and that's and that's what it is it's, it's oh without a doubt with yeah. without a doubt that's exactly what it is and but that that goes back to my earlier point that i think that they like to ham it up for their audience because they know that they like that sort of shit like the hulk the the, the hook meme nonsense you're right you're right that they lean into it, but unfortunately, um, and I think time has borne this out. Listen, I remember very well when AEW debuted to 1.4 million, and then they did a replay, and that replay did 1 million. There was like two and a half million people watched AEW last night, and then next week there was no replay, and then it went down to 1.1 million, then it went down to whatever, and everyone's like, it's a new brand. Wait for them. Give them two or three years. They're going to have three or four million people watching. People have rejected WWE. They're dying. There's a lot of people waiting for a wrestling alternative. 
Well, now two plus years later on TV, two and a half years with four of the four original pay-per-views, not including all in, uh, not including the preparatory time to build AW and the, the excitement for it. I'm talking the first show when they had those four pay-per-views, um, two of which were free, nice of them. Um, we're, we're still back to below week three audiences more than two years later. So these two or three or three or four million people, either they don't exist or they did exist, do exist, but they don't like what they're seeing here. So this playing to the audience, I guess that's good. I mean, you should always, you know, you know, cater to your customers, but you should also always be trying to expand your base too. And that's that's what they don't do. They don't they, they don't seem to be trying to expand to their base. Although I will say hiring Brian and CM Punk was probably an attempt to expand that base. Um, but but it's a ladder. It's a lateral expansion, right? It's not like them stepping out to get new viewers. Like WWE is trying to get viewers that don't watch wrestling to watch wrestling. This is them trying to steal AW, trying to steal WWE eyeballs. I'm okay with that, but it, it didn't really work. Not, not long-term anyway. Let's. You already said that the rest of this card sucked. I'm going to ask you a question in a minute. Um, related to winter is coming and the build to it, or lack thereof. Um, thoughts on this red light blinking thing? What do you think this is? Uh, is it a goof? Is it a is a joke? Is it is it Bray Wyatt? What do you think it is? I have no idea. I know Bray Wyatt was is doing a horror movie in in Hollywood. That doesn't preclude him from doing this too. If it is, listen, I. I love Bray Wyatt. I love The Fiend. I know it won't be The Fiend. I also love Broken Matt Hardy. It's the only time Matt Hardy's ever been interesting since the whole Lita thing. Um, and the AW fans rejected the Broken Matt universe. I don't know why. So they'll probably reject The Fiend, even though they seem to like Abaddon the twice a year they see her. Um, <laughs> so it's just back to another Bra version of Bray Wyatt. You know, I'm not necessarily interested, but we'll see. Um I, Jeff, if, if it is Bray Wyatt, mm -hmm. what is he? So the red light, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I didn't watch Dynamite. Again, I only catch the clips. I'm boycotting it. The red light segment comes up when MJF is in the ring with what? Who was it? It was Sammy Guevara and I think Dante Martin, right? So what would what would Bray Wyatt have anything to do with those three guys? Who's he going to go after? Nothing necessarily, but I mean, nothing seems to matter. As you pointed out, CM Punk was having a feud with uh, Team Taz a few months ago, and now we now they're not. So, what what what's the difference? I mean, I I don't know. Say, I I don't think it was Bray Wyatt. I think it was just the lighting in that particular arena, and and you know maybe it's set once an hour to you know do a little strobe or whatever. I mean. The, the when the lights went out, I think that's when everyone thought it was Bray Wyatt, but of course it was Malachi Black. Yeah. Who, who so, starts a feud with the varsity blondes and Julia Hart. <laughs> I mean, talk talk about go talk about rolling down the hill really quickly. Oh yeah. Um as I, I said on the show last week that I was had no interest in going to this show. I live in the area and I've gone to the Newark show, I've gone to the, the Arthur Ashe show, and this one just I'm not, despite and the day of, hours before, I'm looking on StubHub going, eh, wonder how many how many tickets are left. There was still there a significant amount. 
There were a lot of available tickets. I mean, there were there were a lot of empty seats there. I mean, not it wasn't as bad as WWE, but there were a, a lot of scalpers lost their money again. Oh, absolutely, Jeff. Th- I looked on StubHub. I could have gotten on the floor for thirty dollars. I could have gotten into the building for six dollars. Six, okay. Six bucks. That's what I saw, and that was like a couple hours before the show started. I'm sure I saw the the the. The the reports of three, I heard, um, that, yeah. I, but I that was maybe that. closer to to bell time. But or you know it's right. So, um, I don't want to talk about um that the bill you know filling in the arena as much as I want to talk about this build to winter is coming, Jeff. This is a pretty lackluster kind of build to one of or what is supposed to be one of their bigger events in the fall winter season to end off the year and to get us to um, their next pay-per-view. Is this just because they rely so much on people drawing, uh, coming in to see hangman versus Daniel Bryan or, or is it just, we've run out of good ideas. I don't know what it is, but because it started out as a pretty good build. I mean, they've been building it for about six, seven weeks now and it went from zero to 60. And then it's like they hit like, it's like they got two flat tires at the same time and then like hit a speed bump uh, about 10 yards ahead. Uh, it's it's weird it, and it's palpable. Um, I don't know what it is. I mean, you know, and so why give away FTR versus the Lucha Brothers on Rampage last night that under half a million people will watch? They couldn't hold that off till Wednesday, which by the way, FTR lost again. So back to uh, no longer the top guys. Now they're the bottom guys. Um, and, and, and Tully's fighting with Sting. So, I mean, but they're not even advertising Tully versus Sting at Winter is Coming. So I guess that's going to be for Revolution, or maybe that'll be forgotten too. I I, I don't know what's happening here. I mean, it, it, it's not even like they built like that Dante Martin and Ricky Starks were going to have a match, or Dante Martin and Leo Rush were going to have a tag team match with Hook and Ricky Starks, or Hook and Hobbs, the H&H connection. I have no freaking clue. I, the, the only match, the, you've, you've got the finals for the Diamond Ring match, which, by the way, I didn't know there were finals. I thought you won the Battle Royal and and, and you won that. So, you know, maybe I forgot, but uh, you know, no, it would be nice them to say that at the beginning and repeat it throughout the match. Uh, so we've got the title match, which I think that Hangman Page and the reaction to Hangman Page continues to have proven me the Oracle of Delphi here, because I was talking about this for weeks and weeks and weeks. Nobody gives a shit about Hangman Page as a champion. You wanted it, you got it, you don't care anymore. Um, I hope that Tony Khan sees this and puts the title on Brian Danielson. Yes, I know it'll be yet another former WWE guy with the, so what? It's it's Brian Danielson. He is objectively, if not the best wrestler in the world, he's he's in everybody's top five. Big deal. Jeff, are you saying there? Jeff, are you surprised that nobody like Omega has left? He's gone. He's got injured. He's rehabbing, got, getting right. surgery on his shoulder, whatever. But it, it feels like he left, and there's nothing left. Like I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like he's completely already been forgotten. What does that say about his tenure? Well, well, they they took his shadows with him. They took Nakazawa with him. They took Don Callis. The Good Brothers were gone for weeks. But no one's even talking about him. They're not even they're not even like talking about him, you know, when it's Adam Cole with the Bucks, like talking about 
planning things. They're not even saying, well, what will Kenny do? And like, Hogan, don't worry about what Kenny do. We've got this. We told them we got this. I mean, they should be mentioning this every single week. Um, I don't know, but what does it say about him? I guess that he was just another one of a crowd of sort of people in there. I, I enjoyed most of Kenny's heel run. I liked belt collector gimmicks. I liked him and Callis together. So this is not a criticism of Kenny, but I never thought he was all that exciting a wrestler, but they surrounded him with enough stuff that, that it was it was a fun act. It was, I mean, with the Goof Brothers, it was goofy, but now they've replaced the Goof Brothers with Bobby Fish and maybe now free agent Kyle O'Reilly, who cares, um, coming soon. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think you're right, I, though. I, I mean, I, it, I, it I does feel like it was a million years ago that, that Kenny Omega was the champion. You know what it is, is I think, you know, Vince's booking style is always people aren't going to remember the the wins and losses. They're going to remember the memories, like the memorable moments. What's Kenny Omega's memorable moment? Um, he, he killed impact. <laughs> he killed impact. Like he, he, he collected these belts, but is that putting AEW over? Is that an AEW memory? No, it's I'm a not... Kenny Omega memory, right? It's him putting yeah. himself over. Right. So Certainly not like, memory for impact to triple A. Uh, oh, it's a bad memory, especially the way he left AAA. Um, speaking of all these other um, organizations, let's talk about Ring of Honor Final Battle. We had Bandito, who was supposed to defend the Ring of Honor Championship, right? Yes. And by the way, I said immediately that Bandito was a bad pick for the Ring of Honor Champion. And the Ring of Honor Facebook page piled on me like a 20-man battle royal, and I was number one. And they all came on. They all just did a pile on. King of the Mountain, you lose. Um, and now, I mean, this is poetic. And and then Tony Khan to the rescue. Let's Jay Lethal so we can see Jay Lethal versus Jonathan Gresham for about the 900,000th time. I mean, I guess it's Flair, Sting, you know, in, in, in a minor league version. So it's sort of poetic. But, I mean, their world title is vacant for their last show. I mean... If, if that's not a metaphor, I, I I don't know what is. I mean, it's the title's not stripped. The title's not on the line. There's no storyline behind it. There's a, there, there wasn't enough time to do it. The guy just flunked the COVID test. And, yeah. and now he can't be there. At least they got Lethal in there, which, I mean, if there's going to be a final Ring of Honor show, I guess Lethal and Gresham is. But I, I, yeah, I've got, I, I've got multiple thoughts on this. One is... I'm surprised at, at 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 the reception that Tony Khan is getting for allowing Jay Lethal to return to Ring of Honor. The fact that he's getting thanked by Ring of Honor is fucking ludicrous. This man essentially kicked them off the cliff. He we a couple of, several episodes ago when we were talking about ROH being on life support, we discussed about Tony Khan and and the Young Bucks, the Elite, these guys being accomplice number one or, or suspect number one in who killed Ring of Honor. Because these guys ended up pilfering the talent. And I know some people can argue, well, they're free agents. They can go wherever they want. Absolutely. Brett screwed but, Brett. But listen... If I'm friends with a buddy of mine and I'm going, I'm friendly with his girlfriend and 
me and the girlfriend start sleeping together. What? And eventually, and eventually the girl leaves the boyfriend and mm-hmm. chooses to, to be with me. Mm-hmm. Am I still not a dick? Oh, yeah. This is the easiest question you've asked for asking me. Yes, Steve, definitely. You are a dick. <laughs> so tell me in the same scenario, if and the then other your guy... friend thanks you because you still let him, because you sent him a Domino's pizza? Exactly, because I, I let him go to the movies with my girlfriend. Like, come on, this is fucking ludicrous. A ring of honor is thanking Tony Khan. Well, Thank you, Tony Khan. What? Right. Jeff. Well, oh the most God. ring of honor thing to do is if they also gave the all-in rights because of this, because they think that having lethal is such a gap on this. I mean, that they, they could have thrown any two people in, in, in this match. It, it wouldn't have mattered. And so that's my first commentary on this. We already know Gresham's winning. We already knew that Gresham was supposed to be the last Ring of Honor champion. Now he can't even be that. Or they'll have a new title and they'll award it to him. So now here's number two about this. And I haven't seen this anywhere. I think it is very exceptional and very progressive. This originally wasn't supposed to be two black talents fighting for what at one point was a very prestigious title in professional wrestling and is no longer right. Um, And that's a statement. That's a testimony. I mean, it's not like it's the first time ever, but it is. It's not the first time this year. It's not the first. I'm not saying that it's a first. I'm saying it's a big deal to end on this show. Even the fact that they had Bandito and Gresham booked is very progressive, very forward thinking. These guys are super talented. It's a good sign that these things are becoming commonplace. We shouldn't even have to talk about it. It shouldn't even be noteworthy. Correct. But I think it is. I think when you go in and you start saying, you know, hey, these guys don't get an opportunity. I've been very vocal about it in the AEW. I don't see people of color getting these opportunities. Right? You are the voice of the Rainbow Coalition. And so... On, on on WWE, you see the diversity across the platform. In other places in wrestling, you see diversity across. And so, I think kudos to Ring of Honor for be, for saying this is my this is my final show, and these are the du- two dudes that are going to be headlining the the show. And the fact that these guys are super talented. Gresham is starting his own federation. It appears this terminus thing that he's doing, I think, in Atlanta. I think that's just a show. I don't think that's. I- I don't know. It seems like he's promoting wrestling and not a just one show, like a one-off. Well, um, Terminus sort of doesn't it sort of mean the end? <laughs> it, it wasn't it did Terminus for, uh, like the place where they had they found the cannibals in The Walking Dead. That's right. I was about to say that. So I'm I'm very interested to see that, and I'm 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 hoping that you live tweet from uh, Ring of Honor tonight because especially if there's any any other surprises. Uh, Busted open, asked Tony Khan the question if he was going to any lend any support to, to Final Battle, and he said, yes, I would. And this is where the Jay Lethal news came out a couple hours later. I'm very interested to see if he sends other big names like Fuego Del Sol or, um, you know, uh, what's Flamita Jr. or whatever, whatever other bums that show up on Elevation and Dark will probably end up on Ring of Honor. Well, I mean, you might see... Bobby Fish, you might see Adam Cole, you might see the Young Bucks. You're I mean, not going to see Adam Cole. Come on, are you kidding me? I don't That's... think you're going to. I, 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 but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly didn't make a 
didn't make a surprise. I, I don't think there's going to be as many surprises as they're trying to tell us about. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I mean, if Jay Lethal is the only support that Tony Khan lends to them, that's what he doesn't have to lend them anything. So, I mean, and 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 the Ring of Honor thinks this is such a big save. I mean, I guess it's an easy way to fill the match, and no one can really criticize it. But uh, I don't know. I you know, if I were them, and I'm not. Uh, I would have made a big deal about stripping the title and calling this a title match, and I would have, I would have changed up the card or brought in a few actual free agents who have ties to Ring of Honor and made it a fatal five way, or replaced some of the other cards and and made all of my champion. I would say whoever won my pure title, whoever won my TV title, whoever won the tag team championships, uh, like a know, clash of the champions, right? All that's the, the even though you're tag you're a tag team. The, the, you're going to be facing each other. It's going to be a fatal four-way at the end. TV champion, pure champion, tag team champions, and whoever wins that, you are going to be the Ring of Honor champion, plus Vincent, who's owed a title shot. So it's going to be a fatal five-way and, and do that. Now, I know it's a short amount of time to choreograph that match, but this is Ring of Honor. That's what they do, and that's what these guys do. They're used to... You've already you've already booked a, a better ticket than, than what I think is there tonight. Jeff, they're not going to. I told you, you, I'm not Ring of Honor. They'd still be in business if I was running the place. I know for a fact that they've got no major surprises, and here's why. (laughs) This is your last show for the foreseeable future, right? They're talking about a show in in spring, the weekend of WrestleMania, but nothing's booked yet. Right. What? Your money is to draw the people to watch the fucking show now. Right, you're selling T-shirts. You want to sell a lot of Final Battle T-shirts. You're not spending money. Yeah, on you're not. Big names in. You're not booking the next show. This is the last show. Right. So why you got to put it all out on Front Street at this point? You got to say, "Hey, I got everybody. I got Lethal. I got Cole. I got this guy. I got Tony Khan himself showing up, and that way Tony Khan and his whole family can show up." But right that's now, not what's Joe happening. Cough. Right now, Joe Koff and Carrie Silken and Delirious somewhere are having an argument about whether they should buy Little Caesars or Papa John's pizza for, for the after party. <laughs> and then they all and then they all uh, disagree and settle on DiGiorno. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> exactly the, what's going to happen. And they don't have an oven. <laughs> oh, my God. Jeff, quickly, before we wrap up, let's talk. I want to get your thoughts on this Becky Lynch versus Liv uh, Morgan uh, match on Monday Night Raw. What are your thoughts? Um, it was fine. It wasn't terrible. Uh, I mean, I don't think Becky should have needed to cheat to win. It was a little bit chintzy. I guess we'll be seeing it again. But Liv isn't that great. She's not terrible. She's okay. I mean, it's it's more or less exactly what I thought it was. Becky tried to make her look like a million bucks. She still looked like Liv Morgan. I thought that Liv, this was Liv Morgan's best match. I said that on Twitter, and I think you criticized me for it. Um, Liv is... I think one time looked better in the ring, and I think she was in the ring with Charlotte at the time. You're definitely confusing her with Alexa Bliss, the greatest no. wrestler that we know. No. So I think she's she's definitely improved. I knew that she wasn't going to win. And halfway through, I was like, there needs to be a fuck finish at some point. Because finally, the fans... There were a couple moves, like she did some double springboard double knee move that is would have gotten a loud reaction and the audience was dead. And I said, Liv is in fucking trouble here. Like she needs a big crowd to kind of get behind her and find, or you need Becky to do some real dastardly shit 
to get some cheap baby face um kind of uh, uh drawing up some emotion for for Liv. That didn't happen in the match and halfway through the, and near the end of the match I was like there needs to be a fuck finish. Like there needs to be a DQ, there needs to be some sort of cuz I can see that the fans were welling up some emotion for Liv at the tail end of the match. And I was like this needs to continue. This can't end right here. There needs to be a, a some sort of fuckery, a count out, something like that. And they gave it to us in the form of the cheap roll up with the uh, the ropes. Um, the low horizon do I want, Do I want to see another match? Not really. But I'm interested to see. It's more of like like. Again, it's all just based on my interest. I don't think Liv is going to take this title from Becky at any point in the near future. But it's about making Liv Morgan into a credible opponent. And in the way that Brett did to Austin, right? I'm not comparing them. I'm not saying Liv Morgan is the next Steve Austin. All I'm saying is Brett beat the living tar out of Steve Austin and turned this man from a from the ringmaster to Stone Cold Steve Austin in that WrestleMania match. And Austin lost the match. And he still got over. And I think that's what's missing out of this. This The the the, the question that I want to see answered is, can Becky Lynch get Liv Morgan over? How Sasha Banks got Bianca Belair over at WrestleMania, same thing. I need to see Becky Lynch do that, and I don't think she can do it. And so it's a it's a level of intrigue for me to watch this next match. Okay. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't have any interest in this whatsoever. I mean, I think there's a better case for Tony Storm and Charlotte Flair just beat the tar out of her and took a DQ loss. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the Tony Storm experiment should be over but at least like i could see her wanting to like raise her game to to get her comeuppance i mean Liv has a valid case for a rematch so it's not like she was in a submission move and she wouldn't give up and she passed out or or the, there was a ref stoppage but you know or like you know or like sarah Rowe ran down there and threw in the towel or something like that i mean there, so- oh my god i would love that i would love that if that's what they book for day one where she's got her in the what's that? What you call that? Her, her submission, the arm breaker, the code red, the reverse code red. If, I don't know. The disarmer. That's what she calls it. The disarmer. If she's right. if she's got her in that and Liv passes the fuck out, well, or somebody comes in and throws in a towel. Shows they've been talking about Liv's former friends and Ruby's former friends. So play play into that. You know, gives give Sarah a paycheck, but. Um, no, I don't really care about this this much. But you know what we didn't talk about at all? War games. You actually you you did better than me. You um you got at least four of the matches right. I I only got three matches right, but I was very happy to get the Imperium one wrong. Yeah, where did I write that down? Oh, here we go. So men's 2.0 we both agreed on. They won. Women, yeah, we, we even got we even got the, the Ciampa beat Bron, uh, Bron Breaker beat Ciampa, which had to happen. Yep, so women's, you picked 2.0, I picked 1.0. Yeah, so I, I thought that was not, yeah, you won that one. I, I thought that that was an outrageous end, but okay. Gacy won. No, Gacy uh, lost. Oh, yeah, great. Oh, Gacy lost. Yeah, which was a waste. 
Imagine them walking around with the with the inclusive title, not calling it the cruiserweight title. I I, play, I I can only hope that this happens. Yeah, I had Kyle O'Reilly and and Wagner winning. No, you didn't. You oh no, that was you. That was you. Sorry, I, I had. I, I, I got the wrong Callum. And and now the rumors are flying again that Kyle O'Reilly is officially a free agent. I I need verification of this because I cannot hope. I cannot have this kind of optimism in my life again that I don't have to see Kyle O'Reilly on, on NXT. And listen, if he's on AEW, I understand he'll be on TV, but he'll be on TV surrounded by 97,000 other people. So it, it won't be built around him in, in any sort of major way. If he's there tonight at uh, Final Battle, will you buy a Kyle O'Reilly shirt? No. <laughs> I I don't even think I'll buy a Final Battle shirt. I mean, I, I'm not... I'm not going to uh, – it's enough that I'm buying tickets to the show. I'm going to wear my Shane Taylor promotion shirt. We're going to have uh, Juventud Sicario wear the, the Dem Boys shirt. Um, La Sicario will wear something inappropriately sexy. And, and you know, that's what we're going to do. I've supported this company long, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to reward them for, you know, failures and, and making mistake after mistake after mistake. There's still people on that Facebook group who are like – you know, arguing that like if they brought Mark Haskins back or did more pure wrestling, that that uh, that the, 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 the they'd still be doing well and would be the number three promotion. Shut up, you people are part of the problem. Um, no, no, but you did much better on War Games um, than I. Uh, but uh, I, I thought the show was just okay. I mean, I thought it was like a BB plus show, giving it the curve of being. Uh, a developmental show as opposed to a, a you know major league show yeah yeah i'm interested to see where they go from here but i mean it, it was what it was i mean i, I didn't think anything too well, much i saw where they went we they, there was a show on tuesday and it really wasn't all that interesting i mean some of these feuds that should have ended aren't over uh and they seem to really love this guy grayson waller i'm not exactly sure why uh, Duke yeah. Hudson and Cameron Grimes are having another match. I mean, shouldn't a hair versus hair match end the damn feud? Yes. The answer is yes. Um, I I don't know. I, I, I really don't understand some of the things that they're doing there. But, I mean, NXT, it's not bad. It's okay to watch. It's just some of it is bad, but some of everything's bad. And it's a little bit more forgivable with NXT because it's developmental. I mean, it was better than Raw. It was, Frankly, it was better than Dynamite this week. Um it's hard I, to say anything is better than Rampage. Rampage wasn't great this week, but it's well, only until tell power. that to the hookers. Right. Well, I mean, you know, that that was funny. Um, the so FTR uh, Lucha Brothers match was good. It's just FTR lost again. And then they, you know, then they went into an Insta feud with attacking Star, Darby and Sting right away and, and Tully kicking Sting in the nuts. I mean, right after they, they, they just lose their title shot and this is what they decide to do. It, 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 it's abrupt and doesn't make much sense. Oh, and, and uh, the Super Click defeated Chaos, I mean, which is dopey. Trent Beretta just comes back. They're, they make a big deal about these guys are in Chaos, and they lose. I mean, if, if you don't want them to, if you don't want the Super Click to lose, and you want to make a big deal about Trent Beretta and Chaos, don't have them fight the Super Click. There's the oh. Wingmen, there's the Dark Order, there's any number of useless heel factions. There's Hardy Family Office. Oh that, oh, that was Trent Beretta? I thought that was John Moxley. <laughs> no, no, I think he... I think <laughs> On he withdrawals. 
So we talked about Kyle O'Reilly, and everybody knows I don't care where he goes. Um, makes makes no difference to me. I'm still I still I can't be burned again. I can't be hurt like this. So I'm I'm still not sure he's a he's a free agent. Uh, but where do you think Kyle O'Reilly is going to go? What are your thoughts on Kyle O'Reilly? I don't know. I think he's going to end up in AEW. I think that's where he's going to end up. Okay. Johnny Gargano, I think he's absolutely coming back to WWE. I think this whole thing is a work to sell shirts on pro wrestling tees while he's taking time off. Uh, he would he would be lost in AEW like everyone else. I think he likes his time in WWE. I don't think he's going to be on the main roster, but if he was, I don't think that he would oppose the manager role that Adam Cole seemed to be offended. And I think he'd be a, a great manager, and you could have some fun interactions with him and Austin Theory. It wouldn't have to be long. It could just be in passing. Um, and Agreed. So uh, I think Gargano will be back in six months. I think the baby's probably due in, in three months. They'll take three months of paternity leave, and then he'll come back, whatever the next pay-per-view is, on NXT, or he'll show up at a WWE event. And then they're make, people are making a big deal about Kyrie saying that her contract WWE has officially expired, and she's a free agent. But she's in Japan, as far as I know, and and. They're not letting people in, and I don't think they're letting people out either. So I, I'm not sure that it matters right now. No, I mean, I don't see her showing up on AEW, but you know, you never know. Maybe at Wrestle Kingdom, but I don't see her showing up at, you know, Wrestle, uh, at uh, AEW. Okay, so a little bit more AEW talk. All right, so we know that Melissa Santos was unhappy with Brian Cage. And his role, not with Brian Cage, they're married. And he, you know, didn't dispute it. And he's been a little bit unhappy. And we haven't even seen him on TV at all. And the last time I think we saw him on TV was a vignette. Um, then Kier Hogan said something that she's newly signed. There was a lot of ballyhoo. Uh, she was a, you know, a featured women's performer in Impact, part of their tag team knockouts title. Um, everyone was sort of excited to see another uh, sort of big name African-American talent, another established female talent to bolster that division, sort of nothing. She sort of spoke out a little bit about it. Uh, if you read the full context, it wasn't nearly as damning as the, as the most damning quotes were. Uh, they were qualified. Uh, and now Jack Evans he, talking about how oh. he, he's not so happy. Of course, he also then leaned into that he's being shaken down by Mexican police, so he's... Yeah. And then we hear Santana. Santana says, someone asked him why he's not getting a title shot. And he says, because I'm not into ass kissing. Um, but the most interesting thing to Jack Evans, I, I didn't mean to just sort of swoop over him because he's Jack Evans and he's not particularly important. But somebody typed something like, you know, how do you feel being passed over when they sign Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole, CM Punk? blah, 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 blah. And he responded by that awkward moment when somebody types your inner thoughts. Um, and this is sort of what we've been saying about lots of AEW talent. But frankly, I, I'm going to extend this to the entire AEW and below wrestling scene, that all of these releases and all everybody's losing their spot, that there's you know, we've talked about that, but we'll we're, we'll keep this AW because we've already talked about the bigger dis, uh, discussion. But now we're starting to see more people publicly saying things. Um, and it's right around that two-year mark, that two-year mark yep. where, where people were sort of predicting that you're going to start to hear more cracks. People are starting to 
turn on Cody, not with heel heat, but with X-Pac go away heat. And Cody seems to lean into it. You know, he put himself into the TNT title challenge. That didn't help anything. That's going to be on Winter is Coming. I, I think that everybody groaned about that. Nobody wants, we want to see someone new. We want to see a, an interesting challenge. Not Cody in there again, pretending to be a good guy and obviously being a heel and, and being stupid from one good guy to another. Um, but I don't know. Is is the honeymoon over for all but the most, the all but Toroyano account and, and his? Nope. Own? Nope. I think, um, I think it's, I think winter is coming stay on the 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 theme of puns here since hook is so over with all these hook puns yep i think winter is coming for aw especially as we get closer to that time where like you said the the contracts are running out the original contracts are running out and you're going to see some fall off you're going to see some people come in and some people leave it's going to be like a revolving door but cody is much needed on aw they're missing a lot of star power, right? Original AEW star power. Omega's gone. Hangman's not working out. Daniel Bryan and, and Punk are the guys. This you can is where they got about most of their not working out. <laughs> this is where this is where you need to lean on Cody. And as I've been a Cody fan for quite some time, it, it, sometimes tongue-in-cheek lying about you know whether he's a heel or a face but he's to be real he's needed you need him right now you can't fucking tell him to go take us back seat no he's been taking a back seat now you need him to go be in the title picture again let's well, be honest Omega's gone he's hurt moxley is probably still in rehab uh jericho is overseas on a concert he was hospitalized but it seems like he's okay now you so, need cody uh well you need someone you need you need something. I mean, you could have you could have had Black and, and Andrade uh, in in these top spots, but no, Cody had to beat him. Miro's been mm, could have been that's that top a good spot, point, but he's gone. Lance Archer, we we haven't seen. I think we saw him wrestle once since he fell on his head. Oh well, I mean, to your point, I think that that was a bigger thing. Same thing with Darby. We where's Darby? Well, he showed up. He last night the, the fighting backstage, but. It, but that's uh, different know, than in the ring, Jeff. You it know that. is different, but he was doing some of the same thing. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I'm not, you know, listen. Good. If uh, I'm glad, I'm I'm glad I'm probably wrong. So he probably isn't hurt. You're right. It's not the same as wrestling, but he, but he was doing like his normal dive thing, just not through the ring ropes. Um, but you're right. It, it 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 is different, but still dangerous. Listen, I was a little bit worried about Daniel Bryan, who, by the way, doing another useless match with John Silver, another. 10 to 15 minute match where, where he looks like where he's given away too much offense. All right. So we'll see. I don't know, but yep. uh, do you want to go over some news and some numbers and wrap it up? Or did you want me to, you want me to just keep on going on my little rant here? I mean, um, time is short this week. Then let's, then let's wrap it up. Um, go, go through some news uh listen brandon thurston is going to do this better than i did but but he did a whole breakdown on wrestlenomics about dvr viewership aw actually has slightly more dvrs than most wwe programming uh but it's hard to tell with uh internet and peacock but uh 
But if you look at all social streaming networks, WWE has four times the presence and the search uh, presence of AEW. Um, other sports, despite what people like to say, are not declining at the same rate as wrestling on social media and ratings-wise. Um, as far as shows to date are concerned, AEW sells an average of 6,000 seats per show. WWE is 5,800. Now, WWE has a lot more live shows, but still. Ratings, impact. We have two weeks of impact. So two weeks, uh, last Thursday, 96,000. This week, down to 90,000. So sadly, under 100,000. SmackDown, 2.03 million. This is for not the uh, 10th episode, but the third. Down 120,000. Rampage, 499. Actually went up by 68,000. This, again, is for the December 3rd episode. Raw, 1.599, down 68,000, despite Vince McMahon being on, continuing to mentor Austin Theory and that nonsense. NXT, down 47,000 to 590,000. Dynamite, up 11,000 to 872,000, still down. Major League Wrestling, last three weeks, and I watched them. Actually, there's been an episode Thursday I didn't watch, so this is technically the last three weeks prior to two days ago. 68,000, 102,000, 199,000, 199,000 was their War Chamber event, which was like their War Games. Hammerstone won, in case you were wondering. There was never any doubt because two members of the Sentai Death Squad or whatever they call themselves were, were in the match, two identified guys, so obviously they were losing. Dark, last three weeks, 267, 443, 325. Elevation, 268, 337, 231. Some news, Davey Richards has a rib injury. Elias's character was reportedly too close to Macho Man Randy Savage, so back to the drawing board. Will Ospreay is off MLW. MLW. Jeff's Cobb MLW appearance was a one-time thing where he was playing uh, Matanza Cueto's, the brother of Caesar. Uh, I'm sorry, Matanza Duran, the brother of uh, Cesar Duran, basically the Cueto, Dario Cueto, Matanza Cueto thing. Um Clark Connors, for reasons not disclosed or at least not known by me, is off of the New Japan tournament. Alberto Del Rio, he was scheduled to start his trial uh, this Monday, the 13th, but all charges have been dropped because a witness has uh, has not made themselves available. Some people saying disappeared. I just think that it's the woman who took the money and probably is not making herself available. I doubt there's anything nefarious, but I guess we'll find out. Major League Wrestling has new tag team champions. It is Slice Boogie and Danny Rivera who some of you might know as Danny Limelight. They are being represented as 5150s. Slice Boogie and Danny Rivera, they are represented by Conan. They were calling them the new LAX for a while. I guess they've moved off of that. And Sunny, yes, that's Sunny Tammy Stitch, had her call, gallbladder removed, and she's said to be doing well. Um, that when is all the news her, When will her gallbladder be all elite? <laughs> it, it may already be. Maybe it'll be at the Ring of Honor show tonight. Oh, there you go. Very good. All right, guys, thank you for listening to the uh, Hammerlock Hangover uh, this week. Much appreciated, guys. And if you have any questions for us, just like Rick, please make sure you hit us up on our Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at HammerlockHO or on our email address. G uh, it's HammerlockHangover at gmail.com. Jeff, any final words? You can look for me tomorrow, tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock, streaming live, talking live about the final battle with a pretty – and if I uh, hang out with PJ Black, you'll hear about that as well. Um, also Garden of Doom just dropped a new episode on Egyptian mythology and look for an episode of Garden Views uh, to come out this week and, and 
probably two weeks successively this week we have a couple of professional belly dancers who talk about the foundations and stuff about belly dance and it's uh, pretty interesting stuff so check those things out i'm at icarus fell md on twitter but also at, at hammerlock ho and uh, check out our facebook pages very good guys thank you very much for listening and until next week have a good one stable my friends and if you like what you saw Tell your friends, tell your family, tweet about it. And if you didn't like it, shut the fuck up. Does Deck the Halls make you want to deck someone? What up, Grinches? Let's make the holidays fun this year. Give gifts that make everyone LOL from PiperLoo.com. Piper Lou is a fun company that prizes real, sarcastic humor just like us. Whether you want a fun wine tumbler for the alcohol holidays or a snarky Christmas sweater, Piper Lou's got you. From the window to the wall till Santa decks these halls. Shop PiperLou.com. Use promo code SANTA for 40% off. That's PiperLou.com.